0: back to another episode of 50-50. I'm Christopher. And I'm Charles. And together we are walking up and down the top 50 and bottom 50 movies of all time, according to the Internet Movie Database, as of January 1st, 2010. It's always important to include that because these movies change. By the way, shameless plug, if you ever want to see these movies, buying the Apocalypse Now collection on iTunes, you get the theatrical, redux, final cut and hearts of darkness all it's like the final dossier thing yeah like exactly yeah i was actually shocked when it because i think when they dropped the final cut it was like 14 dollars for the whole like final dossier thing which i was like that is crazy inexpensive for the number of things anyway sh- shameless plug if you don't own it it's well worth the like 12 14 20 you'll spend for it whatever so yeah we'll just dive right into Apocalypse Now. I suppose. Then um, the synopsis. The synopsis, according to IMDb, Apocalypse Now: A U.S. Army officer serving in Vietnam is tasked with assassinating a renegade special forces colonel who sees himself as a god. It's an interesting kind of synopsis there, but we'll roll we'll with it because IMDb. This is the end, beautiful friend. been a soldier since I was 19, and I still haven't learned how to wait for it. I wanted a mission for my sins. They
1: gave me one.
0: Nobody would ever gone on a mission like it before, and when it was over,
1: I'd never want another one.
0: Is proceed up the Nung River in a uh, Navy patrol boat. Pick up Colonel Kurtz's path at New Mung Ba. When you find the Colonel, infiltrate his team by whatever means available, and terminate the Colonel's command. Terminate. Terminate. It's extreme
1: prejudice.
0: My orders say I'm not supposed to know where I'm taking this boat, so I don't. But one look at you, and I know it's going to be hot. <laughs>
1: Pick your boat up and put it down like a baby right where you want it. This is the first of the night. Air calves, son. We'll come in low out of the rising sun. And about a mile out, we'll put on the music. It scares the hell out of the slopes. My boys love it.
0: the smell of napalm in the morning. It smelled smells like victory. Oh, 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 I'm here, baby! Man, this is better than Disneyland. It and we got to go up there so you can kill one of our own guys? You're so bad, i the You think you're so bad, huh? They're all dead, stupid.
1: Who's the commanding officer here? I hear
0: you. Ain't you? He was close. He was real close. I couldn't see him,
1: but I could feel him. These are all his children, man, as far as you can see. They think you've come to, uh, to take him away, and I hope that isn't true. Would we uh, talk to Colonel Kurtz?
0: You don't talk to the Colonel, uh, well, well, you listen to him. Are you an assassin?
1: I'm a soldier. You're an errand boy sent by grocery clerks to collect the bill.
0: That is Apocalypse Now from 1979 or 2003 or 2020, depending on which cut you decided to watch. So what did you think of this movie since you hadn't seen the final cut and just kind of in general? What do you think of
1: this film? The last time, the last episode we did, we we talked about um, I said I was going to watch the final cut because I hadn't seen it. Uh, Topher said he hadn't watched the theatrical cut in forever, so that's the one he watched. Um, there's also the Redux. So there's two, there's three different versions plus the uh, work print cut, which was even longer. And I think the the one he showed at the first festivals was a good, different cut too. Um, it's very much like I, uh, Blade Runner.
0: I was just going to say I think at Khan it was uh, the work print that he No, oh, was it? Okay. But it's it, but it's Con. a lot like uh, that's, uh, that's uh, it's a lot like
1: Blade Runner where Ridley Scott keeps tinkering with it and he says he's got the the last version. But Oliver Stone did the same thing with Alexander. He's made he made the final cut, called the final cut, and then a few years later he made the ultimate cut. Um so who knows? <laughs> But we were saying earlier that Francis Ford Coppola... It's really
0: not fair to put that in that pantheon of movies. Well, like, okay, fine. But, but, yeah. but I was saying, we were just uh,
1: you know, Francis Ford Coppola, you know, owns the rights to Apocalypse Now because he financed it himself. And so that's why he can tinker with it. But we also said he did mess with The Godfather Part 3, which no. he doesn't have the rights to, but he through Paramount, they, they allowed him to do it and they gave him some money. And, and apparently it's better than the original so this is uh, number 36 or was number 36 on IMDB's list and um, yeah and I mean it's so you asked me what I think of it um, I like it yeah. I do but it is it it this is you know I think a, a lot in my head I compare it to full metal jacket both Vietnam war movies right. uh, but I i like this one a lot more than full metal jacket but as i said we've talked about full metal jacket before i think that's half a movie i i hate the second half of that movie to me they kill off the main character the best characters in the movie and then we go on this thing that's kind of like a satire of the war especially that shootout scene with the snipers and just i never liked the tone of that it just never felt realistic um at that point whereas this one i feel like it feels realistic um, you know, Coppola said, "You know, this isn't a movie about Vietnam; it is Vietnam." And I, I always thought that was a little pretentious. I mean, it, it's, it's they didn't film it in Vietnam; they filmed it in the Philippines. It's not the exact experience, but it's close. And 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 you know, that's. But regardless, I I like this movie. I just I don't like the ending. Pretty much when it gets to the compound, I I just I lose it a little bit. I just, I don't. I feel like tonally it shifts significantly, and I I. I get where they were going with it because it's it's uh, loosely inspired um by a few different things um heart of darkness is a big one um that you know that's the one it's mostly inspired by there's even the character kurtz in that book in this one it's played by uh marlon brando as colonel kurtz but it's also um the the writer talked about how he also was inspired by the odyssey and the um, Robert Duvall character's name is Kilgore, and Kilgore is supposed to rep- represent the Cyclops, and the playmates that you saw in the trailer there—they're representing the sirens. Um, I also was talking to my wife about it, and you know, it also—I believe—it's partially inspired by Dante's Inferno and doing the seven—you know—layers of hell or whatever. So again, it's—it's it's very much inspired by all that, and. I think it's genius up to, like I said, the, the ending. And I think it's one of the best shot movies ever. I mean, the cinematography is gorgeous, and I, I think uh, it does have some important things to say about the Vietnam War. And I, and probably it is probably the closest thing you get to have experienced it. They they originally were writing it in the late sixties, early seventies, and they wanted to shoot it in Vietnam. Uh, I I think I don't know if George Lucas was going to direct it yeah. at one point if he's just helping out but he was part of it and they were going to shoot it in Vietnam mm-hmm. while the war was still going on that didn't happen Coppola ended up going on to direct uh, Godfather 1 and 2 he won Best Director and you know for part 2 and so he had a little more clout by that period uh, but he still had to finance this movie on his own but yes I do like it and I it's the ending for me I think it just kind of feels a little weird doesn't connect with the rest of it um, and I I I also it's the I don't know, this will be a weird thing maybe, but I don't like that they actually killed like a water buffalo in the movie Yeah. and I and that bothers me and maybe that's part of my uh, distaste for the ending the way it goes, but you know, anyway, that's... go ahead Tover. Yeah.
0: No, I was... I mean so before I dive into everything else I agree with you, that is the hardest part of this movie to watch and it's weird because it it, um... Not that this is probably a better touchstone for you than it is for me, but it kind of reminds you of like cannibal Holocaust where oh, like yes. everybody's like the killing of the turtle and all that where yes. it's like that's like that's the part everybody talks about not the killing of the people that's like gruesome and like he had to bring them into court to prove he didn't kill them like no no, no it's the turtle the turtle is what bothers everybody right like <laughs> well but no, I, it's I because like
1: we know it's we know it's real that's the problem you
0: know it's real that's right that's exactly right and and yeah I, I think you know we can talk about the animal rights position of like is it better to have like a quick death but live your entire life in a feedlot or live your entire life in a rice paddy and then have a horrible death I don't know I, I'm not I'm not trying to argue one versus the other but I regardless it is unpleasant to watch because it is not a quick death This animal. well and suffers. they do the same thing um, in
1: fast food nation if you saw that um they they show like the, the killing of a, a cow for beef um mm-hmm. and they show it in full detail and it Again, yeah. I I think Francis Ford Coppola used it in a way to. I mean, it's it's edited back and forth with Martin Sheen. Oh yeah, doing what he does, and I'm not. We're not going to get spoilers here, but I it's it's you know it seems like it seems like he's trying to say something with that with that statement. Oh, it's, 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 I, but but absolutely. But, but you know when you watch the uh, Hearts of Darkness, um, they talk about this movie being made and. and it was torturous for couple uh and torturous for a lot of the actors martin sheen who was 36 at the time had a massive heart attack and yeah. uh, and nearly died and 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 and, yeah. and he and he also he then the scene in the hotel room um you know at the beginning he, they got they got him he basically drank till he was stone cold drunk he was just over you know more than more than drunk he was wasted and and they just basically had him trying to find that in himself and just do what came uh, naturally. And he punched that mirror and cut himself and they, uh, you know, he's bleeding all over himself and they tried to stop and bring in the medic. And he's like, no, no, no. And he kept going with it. And, you know, so there's, that's another thing. It's like, that's crazy. You're seeing his actual blood, uh, in the thing. And it's, it's wild. I I think, I
0: think there is. So going, going back a little bit here to kind of the bigger picture portion of it Uh um because i agree with everything that you're saying right but i think if you go back to that original statement that you said that like coppola made where my film's not a my film's not a movie it's not about vietnam it is vietnam that whole thing the next half of that statement is there were too many of us we were in the jungle and slowly one by one we went crazy and i think This is I don't know if this makes sense, but it's almost like he was method directing where it was almost like I'm going to put like we're going to like shoot entirely on location. We're not going to really quite know what we're doing. We're going to have more money than we know what to do with. I mean, if that's not an exact metaphor for the Vietnam War, I don't know what is right. And I I agree. and, And I don't think and I think that this movie is. And I agree with you to to some extent that it feels more realistic, partially probably because it was all shot on location, than Full Metal Jacket. But I feel like this movie is more of like an oil painting portrait of Vietnam. Because it's not like like Platoon or something where it's trying to capture like reality of life in Vietnam. I, I think maybe it was to some degree. But like, you know, like your French plantation sequence, you know, you get to like the whole like, um what's the is it do long bridge is that what it is where he's like they're swimming out with the suitcases and it's like like I mean, just i'm not saying that those things may maybe they did happen but it just it starts to feel but that's, very but that's surreal. not in the
1: original cut that french plantation thing you're talking it's about
0: not. so the french plantation is not no and i think that that's so that's another thing that i wanted to mention is that if you have watched all three of these versions I still think that I prefer redux of all three of them. I think that might be my favorite, like watching the theatrical cut again. I was shocked, truly shocked by how much is not in that. I mean, redux adds something like 50 minutes of content to a two hour movie. I mean, it's, it's it's dang near 50% longer. I mean, it's enormously longer. And I think, it makes a lot of those transitions as it goes along make more sense. Because sometimes if you just jump from point A to point G, you've gone too far and doesn't it doesn't fit. But if you go A, B, C, and you like slowly work your way down, those things start to make more sense. And I will also agree with you that when they get to the compound, the tone changes completely. I think it works. In my opinion, I think it works. I think that they have properly like, paid for that and set that up so that when you get there, the payoff makes sense. It's not like a a complete and total, like left field kind of shot, in my opinion. I think it does work. I also think that one of the things, and by the way, everybody watching, we, we are referencing the documentary Hearts of Darkness constantly, if you have not seen Hearts of Darkness, but you have seen Apocalypse, you should absolutely go watch Hearts of Darkness. I, I think those two are companion pieces and you should not watch one without watching the other, in my opinion. Um, but one of the things they mentioned in there is I wanted it to feel like we we're going back in time, right? And it's it's really interesting how things almost become more and more primeval as they go back, right? From like, you know, here we are sitting in, you know, a RV, mobile home, eating shrimp and roast beef off of plates you know and you know terminate with extreme prejudice and all this and then then you have like helicopters flying around and boats and then it starts to kind of weave its way back and and it really i feel like once they get past the bridge the dolong bridge the whole like they have severed ties with reality and they're just going back in time now and it's really in it's really fascinating to watch you know you get to the point where they're, they're being attacked i mean spoiler alert one of them's killed with a spear you know they like they're literally going back in time like the final you know you know the final killing is done with a machete i mean it's like every it's 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 really fascinating how it just kind of like slowly goes back and gets more and more primitive and it's almost like and i and i may be reading into this too much but it's almost stripping away all these things you know, it's, it's, it's easy to kill somebody if you're doing it with a missile from another continent. It's easy to kill somebody if it's done from a rocket. It's easy to kill somebody if it's done from an airplane or a helicopter or a thousand yards away with a rifle. And, and it just keeps stripping it away until it's closer and closer and more and more and more personal until it's like, hey, by the way, this is what you're doing to everybody. It's just now we're looking at it right in its face and we're just we're going to be right in it and you're going to have to wallow in it and accept it. And it's just I, it is I. I think that the the story of this movie, probably because it was such a like labor for Coppola, because that poor guy just wrecked himself to make this movie. Yes, he did. But he didn't but I think that part of the brilliance of that is nothing was unconsidered. Right? Like it may not have been planned out ahead of time, but there was never a point where he's like, oh, that really doesn't matter. It's like, no, everything mattered every detail mattered, like every thought, and this needs to be perfect or it's not going in, you know, and it's, it, it, I think that means that when you get that final product, it feels like, oh, I can read it this way or that way. There's so many layers and I can read into that or read into that and it's just so, uh, it's fascinating. It's really a great, and and but I think all the technical things you mentioned are true too. You know, cinematography, this is one of the most beautiful movies ever made. It's just gorgeously shot. I mean, just in every way. There's not, there's not one shot in this movie that doesn't look good. I mean, there really isn't. Um, the performances are fantastic. Duvall got nominated, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he did. He did. won. Um, Brando's a basket case in this movie. <laughs> and I think just in general, he well, is, but this movie is kind and of that, a and let's, let's talk
1: about that. Uh, Cause for those that don't know, Brando, um, and this is after the Godfather and, you know, in yeah. the seventies, he'd kind of made a career comeback. Brando was known for kind of being a jerk. I mean, he really was on set. He just didn't care half the time. He wouldn't show up. And in in this movie, which, again, is directed by Coppola, who directed him in The Godfather One and
0: And directed him to an Oscar. Yeah.
1: And and, and he also Coppola fought to get Brando in that movie. So he Coppola essentially revived uh, his career. And even for Coppola, Brando was a jerk. And he he would only work three weeks and he would it had to be a million a week and he got a million up front and even then he the, you know their shooting went over schedule and he didn't want to give them any slack he didn't you know he was just like he didn't want to reschedule didn't want to do this and it was just like and then he was considering backing out after he'd already been given a million dollars in advance and it's like what and then when he finally shows up and gets there He's grossly overweight, uh, you know, and this is not a knock on being overweight. That's not what I mean at all. What I mean to say is that when he talked uh, to Coppola originally, he was, he was heavy at that point, And he kind of, they, they, I guess they assumed that he would lose the weight, but instead he gained more weight and showed up. And so Coppola didn't really know how to shoot him. Uh, you know, how do, how do you film this and you need it to look a certain way and it's not. So I think in a lot of ways it actually made it better honestly because he shoots him in shadows and all that doesn't really shoot his body and I I think they used doubles they used really tall doubles like to make it look like he was just a you know a big guy Um, but yeah Brando was like notoriously difficult on this movie and I just I just don't understand that I don't I, I know he's trying to you know buck conventions and all that essentially and poke fun at the film industry I guess a little bit takes himself too seriously but I just don't understand that. but um, having said I, that, he's really good in it and I and his character does. does make you consider all the points about war and what it is and you know how you know what's murder and uh, yeah. in in war. I mean truly. So Yeah.
0: yeah. It, well and he has that he has that great line where it's you know, they we teach boys to drop fire on other men, but they're not allowed to write profanity. On the side of their planes, because that would be obscene. Yeah, and it's like that's just that's just a brilliant line. I mean, it's just fantastic. And you're right, especially if you have read Heart of Darkness, which how how accurate they're trying to be to that book or not is up for debate. But you know, Kurtz in that book is, I mean, he's bedridden. He's literally a skeletal figure in the book. He's not he's not an imposing person. And in the movie, he's supposed to be this like green beret dude who's going across the obstacle course with guys half his age. Right. Yeah. So he, he, the idea that he is now in country fighting a war and is obese, just it, it's got nothing to do with body shaming. It's got to do with like, buddy, this is a character and you're not embodying it. Right. And yeah. So it just, it didn't anyway. Um, but yeah, he's, but he's fantastic. All of that to say he may be a pain to work with, but, he brings it like when you watch it, you're like, man, this guy is convincing. Well, like, and he, he's freaking and me in that
1: trailer, he gets top billing and he's only in the movie for like, what, less than yeah. 30 minutes of a yeah. two and a half, three hour movie. So
0: he did have to be the biggest star, though, going into the um,
1: I'm you know, sure like, I mean, I'm sure that was
0: part of it. Of, well, Robert yeah. Duvall,
1: too. It's like Marlon Brando, Robert Duvall, and then That's Martin true. Sheen's listed. It's like he's the third yeah. one. But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It is funny to me on a total tangent on the on the like redux and then the final cut, the kind of retcon of Lawrence Fishburne and Harrison Ford. And it's like, yeah, I know they're in the movie, but these are not top billed actors. Speaking of that, uh,
1: Lawrence Fishburne, I I believe I read that he was 14 when he made this movie. So it's crazy. It's, I think it's his first movie and he lied about his age to get in. I mean, they're all good at it. I really do like it. Um, for me, I think I I like I I think I like the final cut the most. Um, I You know, we talk about that French plantation scene. I, I get why they did it. It's an interesting scene. Um, you know, and Coppola talked about how it's, you know, almost like going back and like you said, going back in time, this is kind of like going back to the fifties. And it's interesting mm-hmm. if you want to know, like the, the political landscape of Vietnam that we don't often consider uh, as Americans. Um, but I just, I think it slows down the movie. I wish the final cut didn't even oh. have that scene um, personally, but in the redux cut, I don't like the extended like Playboy Bunny sequence. I, I think that's oh, weird. Yeah, I, and so it's, it's like, I agree. I'm yeah. glad they took that out for the final cut. But overall, I agree with you that I think they're both better than the theatrical cut. They're much easier yeah. to appreciate and understand. It's it's really jumbled and honestly kind of a mess in the original theatrical cut for me. It, it doesn't make as much sense. It doesn't flow as well. Um, you know. it, it's hard. Um, you know, so I, I would say if, you, if you're a new person to this movie, I would seek out Redux or the Final Cut. Um, yeah. uh, just, honestly, I, I,
0: I like I like Redux. Final Cut may be more approachable because you're right. It does cut some of that extra fat out. But I think, you know, I, I, I still again, I haven't sat down one day and watched the movie three different ways just <laughs> to do them all side by side. But um, but I think I, I think you're right. I, I don't know if jumbled would necessarily be the right word that I would go for, but I think abbreviated to the point that you lose context. Like you just, it is so much shorter that you just, you're almost lost at some points. Like, how did we go from here to here? Like the one thing that they, this is an absolute minuscule detail, but like, and I'm going to just, I'm sorry, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched Apocalypse Now in the past 50 years, I'm so sorry. But, (laughs) but like Lawrence Fishburne's character dies, he gets, he, he, he dies. Well, in redux and the final cut you see what like they bury him yeah right? you see i that. do like that sequence but, a like, lot. but like they don't have that in in the theatrical version and and maybe that's okay maybe i don't need to see exactly what happens to him but we see what happens to other people who die and where they end up like and so it's just kind of like he dies and he's on the boat and then like the scene ends and the next scene he's just kind of gone
1: what? and um speaking that, of that like like that kind of stuff there's a um Martin Sheen ends up with a band-aid and then a scar on his face. And maybe I'm forgetting this, but what happened to his face? I don't remember seeing that in the final cut.
0: He had the he had the band-aid on his face.
1: Um The first time I saw it was when he went to the um that that you know the the Playboy show. That's where the first time I saw him with the Band-Aid. But I I couldn't right. remember before that what had happened. They just got done with Kilgore, but
0: Maybe he got nicked or something during the kill. Cut. I, I just—I didn't know if that but, was in
1: Redux, and I just didn't remember it because I did. I don't think I saw it in Final no, Cut. It's just I'm like sure he showed to, up with that. I can sure remember. I mean, that's kind of—I know that's I derailing the podcast, but I just that no, no, me no, because no, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, where did he get that cut from?
0: Yeah, yeah, I cannot recall to be honest with you. I, you're right. I, because I honestly. I honestly noticed it this time. I was like, oh my god, it's like it's because it's prominent. Like yeah. there are a lot of close-ups of his face. He's got a giant band-aid right on his face. And so it's yeah, you're right. I, I did notice. I was like, oh it's just funny they put the band-aid on there. And it was, it, I didn't even think like, when did he get cut? When did he get hurt? Like, um, but yeah, like there's so much stuff like the stealing of the surfboard and stuff like that that's not in the theatrical. It's just
1: I think just that's hilarious complete. though. That actually I that's a little bit oh, alarming when, when they're searching for him. I love that part. Yeah, uh, no, it's
0: fantastic, and 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 I think there is also some other, you know, it, man, there is just so much great stuff in this movie to talk about. You know, whether it is trying to piece together like this Kilgore character, because I mean, some of those lines, you know, those those John Melius lines, where it's you know, I love the smell of napalm in the morning, and they're just they're fantastic. But then you've got the like other stuff where it's like super duper like politically complex and muddy like that village they're attacking is very obviously like a viet Cong stronghold right like i mean they have like machine gun emplacements and stuff like that but it's also a school with like kindergarten children and like and so that's kind of it, it starts to get this weird line and, of and,
1: like and, and you know that, and that's to to your point on that they you know uh, martin Sheen comments that you know uh, kilgore is a good leader and he cares for his men and the only reason he's doing that attack is because he, was, you know, that's where they need to get Martin Sheen too. But he wasn't going to go. He's kind of blowing it off. Oh, it's too hairy. And then he hears about it surfing waters, and right. and suddenly he's, he's right. willing to risk the lives of his men and kill all these Vietnamese people and innocent children to do that. And so, to me, I like th- uh, that as opposed to like Full Metal Jacket, which I think was almost too transparent with its uh, critique of the war this one makes it a little more subtle um it's showing you know the indifference and the racism of american and american leaders in this war and what they're willing to do and how they don't really see the vietnamese as humans but then he he does see that that child that's injured and he makes sure that the child and the mother are sent to a hospital uh, on a helicopter out of there and so it's it's kind of like uh i think martin sheen says it later on like they they, they they get men shot and then they put a Band-Aid on it or something like that. And then it is kind of yeah, the, the machine
0: gun. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah exactly. And so it, that's kind of represented in that sequence. And, yeah. you know, and it, when he says uh, the famous line, I love the smell of napalm in the morning, that, that speech ends with him saying someday this war is going to end. And, and then he just he, walks. <laughs> he just walks away. And it's like, well, what, what does he mean by that? Is he yeah he's almost looking on it you know with nostalgia it's like he 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 really yeah. wants the war to continue because he's enjoying it to a certain extent and I, and that's yeah. again i think they're critiquing the war but without getting too heavy handed about it
0: well and what's also interesting is that it's almost like by the time you can you can understand why somebody like um Willard you know Martin Sheen's character by the time he gets to colonel kurtz there is something, and this sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud, but there's something almost refreshing about his purity. Because he's not mess. he's not gonna put a band-aid on it. No, he's gonna like burn your body, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't care. Like if we're gonna fight a war, we're gonna fight it, and it's gonna be legitimate and an all out and total and like and so again, not I'm not trying to defend the crazy man, right? Like that's not where I'm at. But you can almost understand if you have been in country as long as willard clearly has and you've gone through and seen all this stuff that by the time like you're just sick of the hypocrisy you you don't really care which way anybody goes like dennis hyper talks about dialectics i don't really care if you love or you hate but do one or the other don't do this kind of halfway stuff don't be in the middle like do something right and again it's just it's Again, that complexity, right? There's just so many moving parts on all these characters and all this story. And it's just, it's, there's and a and lot of. The scene, that, the scene it. that
1: best represents that to me is the scene on the boat when they stop the boat and they insist on it being searched yes. fully. And yes. Martin Sheen walks up and shoots the lady that could have been saved. I mean, essentially, he did the opposite of what Kilgore did. And, right. um, it's, you know, and I, that's a really interesting thing. It's like the duality of man. And if you see the, uh, the redux or the final cut, there's the sequence where the, the French woman says that, like she says, Martin Sheen is both the light and the darkness. And that's, and that's kind of true. Um, So again, I I do think in that sense, that sequence is better explains the movie. Um, but I still think it derails it a little bit. Um, but it's also funny. His name is Kilgore. Like, I mean, that seems like a, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's like, little Sergeant Slaughter or something, you know, it's just, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Going back to that French plantation sequence. One of the things that I do always love is the way it was shot with the French people are sitting on one side of the table and the, the Navy boat crew are on the other side of the table and the French have the sun at their back the whole time through dinner and it's like sunset and he keeps having to cover his eyes because he can't it's too blinding it's right in his face and then the french kind of get into a fight like they're kind of arguing with each other and like i can't believe you would say this so why would you just you know blow and like they end up kind of like peeling off one at a time one at a time one at a time kind of going away until they're finally gone and by the time they leave the sun is down and willard can finally look up and by that point they're all gone and again whether this was intentional whether i'm reading too much into it it's hard to say with this movie because who knows but like you know it's one of those things where is the symbolism supposed to be that they are so blatantly telling him what you're doing here is stupid you need to all just leave this is ridiculous and he just can't see it that it's blindingly in the face but he's covering his eyes to it and by the time they all leave and the conversation's over he looks up and it's, go- you know, I don't know. I know, I, I, totally I didn't think of it that way, but it,
1: I, 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 I couldn't figure out why that, because they, they focus on it. I mean, they show him repeatedly yeah. trying to see, and they, so yeah. they, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason for it. And I, I actually like your explanation. So that makes sense to me.
0: The the metaphor of it is good. I don't know if that's, again, I may be reading way too much into the metaphor of it. But well, it, I mean, it they
1: definitely, just- they, he definitely does seem to be blinded because mm-hmm. they say, I mean, they literally say, learn from us what, we, what happened here. Right, right. So,
0: well, and it's also interesting too, that, Again, kind of with keeping with that going back in time, you know, they're talking about how they're not viewing Vietnam as a war to go fight or we're over here to do this thing. We're like, this is our home. We have a plantation here. Where we like, our family has been here for generations. And it's sort of like that, it's almost like old school imperialism, right? Like now we have like neo colonialism, neo imperialism, where, you know, our, our corporations will come in, but we're not going to actually like, transplant over there and try and, like Pax Americana like that's not where we're at right but like 200 years ago that's exactly what you did you know you went you claimed it and that was now part of your sovereign territory and you owned it and that was part of France and it's just it again it's just keeping with that going back and back well, that's
1: and what back. Eddie Izzard said in one of his specials uh, about um if you ever watch Eddie Izzard, like the, his, mm-hmm. he talks about, yeah. he's like, do you yeah. have a flag? And like, he, he's like, we plant yeah. the flag. And like, but we live here already. Right, right. Do you have a flag? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
0: yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I really enjoy, anyway, I love this movie and we should probably move on, but what, what do you? it is fantastic. Oh, I'm going to give this a very high mark. I mean, like if I have to pick top five movies of all time for me, this makes that cut. So, this would be very high this is like a nine and a half nine point seven i mean this is a very very
1: i, high I wouldn't movie. put it in my top ten but I, I would say i would give it an eight for sure i mean it is a bit yeah. Yeah. you know and again it's it's more the ending even and it's weird because like i said i actually i like brando's performance in it i like all of that it's yeah. just it just to me it derails a little bit with it's kind of it gets really bizarre it's, it's, it's dropped it's dropped down to number 53 on the list by the way
0: Oh, really? Wow, that's crazy. Um, On a personal note, I actually, one of my instructors at film school was on the sound crew for Apocalypse Now. Really? And so he was actually in the Philippines on the sound crew over there. And he said his, his kind of anecdote was he's like, this movie broke people. We had some people who just didn't show up to work the next day. And he's like, I understand we're like off in the jungle somewhere. So if they didn't show up, that means they just kind of like went away like we don't know what happened to them they just kind of lost it you know but you've been out there for 200 days filming and you just kind of lose it you walk off um he said but by the end they were feeding so many tape reels because of course the audio was on magnetic tape reels right from the DAT recorder or whatever and he was you know passing off these or inagra at that point i guess but anyway he was passing off these the tape reels to walter merch who did the audio recording or the audio editing and he said by the end merch had locked himself in his editing room literally locked the door on it and had a mail slot installed on the door. So people could just put the mail, put the recordings through the mail slot and he just wouldn't come out. He'd like took his meals in there. He's like, we never saw him come out. Never saw him go in. Just, he just stayed in there and just kept going. It's like that movie broke people. And I think for my personal opinion, I think this movie might've broke Coppola as well. Well, I think, because if you look at his cinematography or his, uh, whatever, if you look at his, yeah, after that, it just it just dropped. I was gonna say, I mean, has he had like, a
1: has he had a big huge movie? I mean, because the seventies, he, I mean, Godfather Part One. Oh, the seventies, he, he. Well, I mean, he uh, he won the Oscar for Patton
0: for you know Conversation, Patton, Godfather One and Two, Apocalypse. I mean, he was he was firing up, and you got to remember too, like Godfather is what seventy two? Is that correct? Yeah, for seventy for seventy two, and then Conversation and Godfather Two are the same year of seventy four. Okay, and then. 74 is when that happens, and then he doesn't do anything until Apocalypse. And so that's five years that he's working on this movie. Right,
1: yeah. I mean, to say he didn't then, do anything, he's been working out the entire gap.
0: That's what I'm saying. He didn't yeah. do anything else. He yeah, only yeah. did Apocalypse for five years. And then after Apocalypse, it goes to, like, Rumble Fish and you know the outsiders which don't i'm not saying those are yeah. terrible movies but they're just not at the same level as well then the, the no one's gonna see too. the outsiders and yeah well, exactly well like what i hate Rainmaker i do not
1: what, like dracula his i do not like his version of dracula at all and i, I know people love it but i would I, the reason i bring it up because i would almost say that's probably his most popular most successful movie after i mean, I mean
0: godfather 3 was like what 90 it was 90
1: what Year was that 90 i think but still was that popular yeah. was it
0: I mean, it got nominated for Best Picture that year. I mean, it was at least well, rece- well I got, enough I got, received. I got you. That's and, true.
1: That's true. So that and then, yeah, because now he, I mean, his films, I don't even know if they get like a oh, wide release. They, I, no, they don't. And they he don't. still makes a no, lot. Like He really does. He's made quite a few. I just, I haven't seen them. Oh, I mean, Youth Without Youth and Tetro and like, I mean, he he's, I, I
0: own several of those and, it, and they are, he is, and this is, I kind of admire this about the man for better or worse. I feel like he is a person who has kind of realized like, hey, I could go to a studio and they'll give me a hundred million dollars to go make a movie because of my name. But I would much rather just get a bunch of people together and create something for the simple pleasure of creating, like I'm not doing it for a paycheck anymore. Like I have all the money I need. I don't need to do that. I'm not trying to prove anything anymore. I've got my stack of Osc- Oscars. Like I just want to go make a movie with my friends. And that's what he does. And I, I, I kind
1: of admire that. I mean, like, it's kind I, of like I, I, what George Lucas wants to do. Um, I mean, he's trying to say, yeah, but he's bad at it. Well, he's tried to say that he wants to go make more, but <laughs> he's always kind of fought the system, but Yeah. Yeah. Well, I say that because they're all friends. It's like George Lucas and Spielberg and De Palma and Scorsese and all that. Like, yeah, they're all friends. Um,
0: That that whole that whole kind of like I know that this was a very short lived cadre of people, but like the Zoetrope group. Yeah, where yeah, it was it was Coppola and Lucas and Melius and Deschanel and all those guys, like that whole kind of group of guys. It's like, man, that is a that is an amazing, amazing group of filmmakers, and it's just it's, it's. Just I would crazy say they're the ones that, that
1: changed cinema forever. I mean, in the seventies, they redefined what it was. I mean, truly, hundred percent,
0: hundred percent. No, no question. You will get no argument from me on that. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, yeah, so I would get okay. So anyway, moving on. I think this movie completely whether it derailed his career or it was simply the high watermark of his career. I mean, but
1: see, I I would, I would would, say that I I would say Godfather and Godfather two are better personally for me. I don't know, but yeah.
0: Well, I think, yeah, I think you'd have to admit that this is probably his last truly. I know.
1: I agree with that. I just, I just, you, it sounds like you would rank this movie higher than those two um, in your,
0: I would probably put Godfather two higher, but I I think uh, it, that's just my opinion. But I, yeah, now we're getting into that personal subjective. Yeah, I know. It's, I agree. Is it truly great or is I know, it personal yeah, or what? I hear you.
1: I hear you. Yeah yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Um Anyway, okay. But yes, I would give this very, very high marks. I am kind of sad to hear that it dropped out of the top 50. I'm also kind of sad to hear that it, when we did our screenshot, it was only like 36. Like that's kind of sad to me, too. I feel like it should be a lot higher. But um, anyway, yeah. Well, I wonder I if we move further
1: lot. away from Vietnam War, if it's like, people can't really connect with it you know
0: yeah i mean there's got to be some of that but there's also i think just people like to go give a 10 star rating to the last movie they saw on friday night and that's just kind of what people do you know that's why you end up with like oh tenant is the number one movie on imdb it's or like the room. is it is it really the room yeah but that one totally earned it so. yes it did <laughs> at least with the room i could understand the dialogue tenant on the other, anyway we'll come back um, i still haven't
1: seen tenant so Oh, well, I mean, I've heard very mixed things. Yeah. We can talk about that later. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's a mixed thing
0: to talk about. Poorly mixed thing to talk about. Um, So does so, that mean you're ready to yeah. talk about some crossover? <laughs> I mean, ready is a strong word, but I think it's probably time to
1: talk about crossover. Okay. And I, I guess um, I should have the synopsis and I don't. Let me look that up real quick, unless you got it. But I'll i have up. it. I have oh, go it. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go crossover. to it crossover
0: from 2006 the lives of a gifted athlete and his best friend change when they take a fateful trip to los angeles the young hopefuls must use every skill at their command to topple the reigning streetball champions from their thrones wow that sounds super epic and here's the trailer
1: So <laughs> beat it i don't know about this you owe me
0: It happens at night. Move the line. I want to hold the point spread.
1: Uh-huh. Let's roll. Underground. It's a street ball, not the NBA. Alright, baby. Uh-huh. They can razzle dazzle,
0: overhand palm, and no flagrant fouls.
1: And it's Man. about to cross over.
0: So you play basketball, huh? Kinda of, sorta. Of.
1: Good game, man. Let me know when I have a bad one. Sucker. Cheap. Javon ain't running no games in no time soon. Gotta get my money right. How you gonna get the pay? I'm gonna have to do what I do. Mm,
0: mm. I bet me and Four Eyes over there oh. can be D and Tweedledum in a two on oh. two. Give me my money, chump.
1: But for two friends. You want to
0: go back and play against Jules again, man?
1: It could cost them
0: everything. Damn. So I paid the team and you are on the team. You got to choose. It sounded a lot like you were starting my eligibility, man. Look, I can beat him. You can't win. Jules hasn't lost in three years. You got the
1: gift. And you don't want it. And I do. And we'll beat him together. Yeah! Oh this ain't horseshoes, this is street ball. This is a chance of a lifetime.
0: Roll them and fold them, they get nothing. If a man wants something he never had before, you gotta do something he never done before. When I'm doing my thing, I can feel it. So that's Crossover from 2006. Yes, it Charles, is. Charles, this was totally your kind of movie. I can feel it. No, I can no, feel no. that you were just no, like, no, 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 no that's not.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> I. Okay, so I. I, like we said last time, I never heard of this movie. And I don't know if it was popular or no, not. I don't know anything no. about it. but
0: It was not. I'm looking at its box office. It was not. It was it's, not it's popular. No,
1: I, I The thing is, I wanted to like it. I really did. I, I When I'm watching it, I wanted. Because I, I, I just hate. I hate ragging on movies that. Again, we've talked about this before. Movies are hard to make they don't always turn out the way you want it to. It involves a lot of moving pieces and a lot of people and a lot of different egos. And so I feel like this movie was made in good faith and I don't feel like they were trying to make a crappy movie, but no man, it just, it fells on every level. I, I mean, part of it is Wayne Brady, who I only think of as a comedian, you know, from whose line is it anyway? And as host of, you know, who wants to make a deal or whatever that's called, I can't remember the game. But, um, but so I can't take him seriously. I hate that, but I just can't take him seriously in this dramatic role. And I don't even understand what his character is. I never really understood if he's, is he a sports agent? He used to work somewhere, but he was wasn't very big. But he's got all this clout to be able to get people into the professional NBA. I I don't get that. Um, the, you know, the also this has that kind of obnoxious early 2000s style of editing um the flashy cuts and all the you know all that stuff that i just don't like and i looked it up it says it was shot on film but to me this reeks of like just crappy digital video like 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 some of the some of the genesis cameras and all that i i don't know (laughs) so that just bothered me you know a lot but so the look of it and the editing is terrible. The acting is just bad all around. And and I I don't understand the plot. I mean, I it's it's trying to be uh, I I don't know. There's just there's a lot of movies that kind of do this kind of same thing like, you know, going after your dreams and getting out of your circumstances and, you know, all that stuff, but they just it ends up being more like a soap opera to me. It's like it turns out Anthony Mackie you know, went to prison for his friend. You know, somehow, just because he punched somebody, I I don't even know that. Like they just throw that in there. The 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 friend. Um, what's his what is Anthony Mackie's friend's name? I can't even remember what his name is. The guy that's like um, the, the guy that's awesome at basketball. Uh, is it uh, the Noah Cruz? I don't I don't oh, know. No, but, no, no. But but he's it awesome at basketball. And he's got he's got a scholarship and he wants to be a doctor and uh right. he's going to go out he's, he wants to go to la and and that's where he wants to go to college at so they go out there and he yeah. brings this girl that he's really <laughs> only just met and and he proposes to her because she tells him she has his baby uh she's pregnant he's going to propose
0: to her before anyway yeah 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 like, yeah, he was already yeah, yeah, do yeah. and then <laughs> and then like
1: she hears about that he could possibly go pro and so I don't know. But then he's also... This whole thing with streetball, like if you play it and get money, it cancels your scholarship for some reason. I don't really understand that. He didn't take the money anyway. But so he loses a scholarship, still doesn't want to go pro. And the girlfriend, the fiance at that point, basically dumps him and starts trash talking him and says it's not even his baby. It's his rival's baby. And then... I don't know. And then, and then it's just all these like things, all this like stuff happens and it happens really fast. And there's no, maybe if they had like a redux cut of this and they added a lot more of the scenes in to further explain <laughs> it, the character development, maybe that's what it is. They got, you know, ruined in editing, perhaps uh, to make It's it a more French accessible. plantation
0: sequence we need to see. Yes, so to I see agree. I agree.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> just none of it makes sense. And then, and even at the end, like. You know, Anthony Mackie, it seems like, you know, he's won this game. He's he's done it for all this money because he put all this money on it against all odds, wins it. And then Aunt Wayne Brady's like, well, I'm not going to pay you anyway. And he's like, oh, I don't care. And, like, that's kind of how it ends, more or less. Like, he walks exactly off.
0: Exactly how it ends. And then, yeah. they, and then they do the whole yeah. thing
1: where, you know, they, they like, what happened to these people with the, the text at the yeah. end? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Like. Yeah. It's like yes. fast times at Ridgemont so, High or something. Or...
0: Yeah. <laughs> As though we were somehow invested in these characters to the level that I care, right? right. Like that was the Yeah. I so two things. Okay, several things. First off, the flashy editing you're so right. And I just, every time they took a wad of money and threw it in a shoebox, I'm like, I saw, the, oh, Requiem for a Dream. That's where I saw this. And it was good when he did it. And now it's not. Now it's not good. And I can never watch, every time I watch Requiem, I'm like, oh, did they go play street ball? Is that how they're pulling up this? Oh, no, there's Well, might there ought to be a lot of Fast and it the Furious,
1: yet. those early ones. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: It, yes, yes. And it was. It, it but was not as so... good. Not as good, though. <laughs> no, no, not as New as good. No, no. Because, yes, uh, we can come back to Fast and the Furious. But yeah, it, I, the other thing about this movie, and and here I want to go back to your very first statement: movies are hard to make, and I think this was made in good faith. And I think if I think this is a movie, so this is a stupid example. There's an Aaron Sorkin quote where he's like, "Look, there's such a thing as context. If you wear a bikini to the grocery store, they throw you out. If you wear a bikini to the beach, nobody bats an eye. Like it's this is just now." Charles, if you wear your bikini, that's... De- but at the point being... I, I, thank you. <laughs> there's those there's listening, a thing I as, wanted to make sure as,
1: clarified that.
0: <laughs> that's right, yeah. There's such a thing as context, though, doing it in the right place, right? So, like, this movie, if... And it, and it feels... Because I agree with you, it looks like digital video. I mean, there are points where it's just this... That scene was shot on digital. You can tell it is just painfully obvious. Yeah. The lighting is just ham-fisted. It's just really, like, this is so... It, it is painful. But if I was going to a senior screening at USC and somebody showed this as their student thesis film, I would go, man, you've got talent. Like you're going to make it like you could actually make it out here if you keep this up. But if I go plop down 20 bucks on a Friday night at the local cineplex to see this movie, I'm going to feel jipped. You know what I mean? Like I the context of like, where am I seeing this movie? Because like, if you had made this movie and shown it to me, I would have been like, dude, you like, let's do it. Let's market this thing. Let's festival it. Let's do this whole thing. But again, if I go to a movie theater to see this, I'm going to be so disappointed. And it's just, again, that's why I have like that whole, like they finished their movie. It's in color. It may not be great. It's not fantastic. But like, (laughs) I give this like a three, I'd give this, I I wouldn't give this like a three or four maybe, but like, again, simply because I feel like they just, they didn't know what they were doing. It feels so much like somebody's first attempt to make a real movie. It's like they they had enough money and enough talent on set. I mean, like there were some legitimately decent actors, and there's some horrible actors too. But like there were some legitimately decent actors. Well, I like Anthony like, I just it, it's I just don't like yeah. him in this movie. No, agreed. Yeah, exactly. And it's just one of those things where it's like you have you have the pieces. You clearly just aren't at a point where you either have enough experience or enough talent to make it work and it just it was it was just missing a little bit of that and i, I but it was laughably bad at some points i mean just and and the story is it's like i agree with you on the soap opera front it's sort of like i don't know i know we mentioned last time twin peaks like i don't know if you're still watching twin peaks or not I but am. like the still number the of like season but the I'm, number I'm further of along the number of subplots that are in that show where it's like, Oh, you've got this love triangle over here and the mill plot over here and the murder over here and this person over here and all that, like that's how this movie felt by the end. You're like, man, how many double crosses and relationships and no, I went to prison, but it was for you and this, and the baby's not yours. Turns out it's not his either. And then I'm going to punch this guy. And like, it just like, Oh, you're like, Good grief. Like, simplify, distill, like, less is more. Not to interrupt your train
1: of thought there, but I I just remind myself, or you just reminded me that um, the girl that did all that with the double crossings and the the pregnancies and all that, her friend still was friends with her and brought her to the last game, and they never explained why. I don't, like, really?
0: No, why are you even talking to this person anymore? Like, it's crazy. It's just, it. yes, again, there are so many plot holes, and then- there are some places where there's a plot hole of just like what, what? And then there's other places where it's just stop with the plot. You're just, I've got it. There's too much, too much happening right now. And also, and, and this is again, a situation where context, if this was a student film, some of this stuff would be amazing. But knowing that it had like a $4 million budget or something, it's not like when they get to that hotel and they're like, it's got a forest in it and a lake. And you're (laughs) like, it's just a hotel lobby. Like, I mean, it's it's a nice hotel. It's a big place, yeah. But, like, you're acting like you've never seen places like this. And you live in Detroit. I'm not – I mean, you may live in a bad part of Detroit, but, like, the idea of a large city in America is not new to you, you know? Like, it, it's just – it's
1: it just felt well, silly. Well, speaking of things. that sequence in L.A., I, the – I mean, Anthony Mackie just – his character – obviously he's the protagonist but he just completely flips in that and he becomes a jerk like he goes off against everyone yeah it's like wow why am i still rooting for this guy and 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 what i said i didn't understand wayne brady's character but they treat him like he's the bad guy what did he do that's so wrong in this movie like why do they everybody trashes him like he's in the wrong business he's sleazy all he does is offer the guy a chance to go pro in the nba
0: yeah i I feel like yes, I feel like there needed to be some backstory of how he he like betrayed somebody like he made all these promises and then took all his money and ran or like but that story's not there, yeah like, if that had been, it would be like oh, well, it makes sense, but it's it's not there, and like I guess it's that he's like he's running the book on this like underground car underground like basketball game and so he's like kind of a sleazy kind of mob related kind of guy who's running the bets
1: I don't I, I, but they never really again and he know, does I like, like like, he said he said the losing even the losing team gets a thousand dollars a player yeah, it's, like, well, what do yeah, we, it's not we're not like it's not like Joe pesci from
0: casino he's not like breaking kneecaps or something you know what I mean but they're yeah. kind of making him out to be that guy and it's like he's not it, it, it is again all the pieces are there it just wasn't executed well right it just was Again, whether that's a lack of talent or just lack of experience, he just didn't know how to. It'd be like putting me in a race car. I kind of know how to do it,
1: but I'm not going to do it well. You know what I mean? It's it's. But like- but I, I do wonder if you'd put a different actor in there. And I'm being sincere when I say this. Do you, like what if De Niro was the Wayne Brady character? Like, do you think he could have pulled off that type of thing and been more menacing? And are is it the is, is it the writing? Is it the acting? Is it directing? Is it both all of it? So I don't know, but.
0: Well, I think, I think, I think, I think there's two things there, right? I think I will stand by the fact that I think it's not there on the page, right? He's not menacing because you need, you need that character moment that grounds him as I'm a knee breaker, right? Is is that what he's doing? Is that who he is? If so, we need to see something to that effect. Kind of like Alec Baldwin in
1: The Cooler if you've seen that
0: correct yes that's a perfect example yes that's a perfect example but this didn't have that so on the one hand yes it was not there on the page the other thing is yeah i see wayne brady and all i can see is whose line is in anyway and i know that's not fair to him as an actor but he he also didn't i don't feel like he did much here to stretch beyond that anyway no he didn't like he just didn't he didn't like even if it had been on the page his performance wasn't I, and again i don't know if that's him i don't that's i don't for all we know at the end of every take the director said perfect love it and so he's doing exactly what he's being told to do i don't know i don't know where the fault actually lies but that character's not menacing <laughs> that character's not scary and anthony Mackey is just as bad for what you just mentioned right because on the page he's our hero who's like abusive to this girl and beating up random strangers on the back lot yeah. when he's filming in Los Angeles and like and he, he went to jail and like I mean not that that's I, I, they kind of explain all that away and everything I get it but like it's just like I feel like there are he, he is a complex character but I can't figure out why I'm supposed to root for him like you can have a complex character that you can root for. I can't figure out why he is that.
1: But that uh, but sense. but also like he went to jail the other guy is the one that threw the punch. The other guy is not aggressive at right. all in any part of this movie. That doesn't right. make sense. So he goes to jail for a punch. Okay. But then he he punches some other guy and nothing happens. Yeah. Like, there's no it's, yeah. Well, okay, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> Like you may have gone to jail for his actions, but you're
0: doing the exact same yeah. thing. It's not like you're like a saint who's like taking his right. place or something. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> they yeah, could have came up with a better thing. They, like he'd killed someone or whatever, but they didn't. They just, yeah. none of it made and sense. And I,
0: like I feel like the female characters are even more two-dimensional. Yes, they are. Like they're just kind of like caricatures of I'm the promiscuous girl on the street and I'm the, you know, it just, it's like these are like, there could be character here. There's no reason for these to not be actual developed characters. Everyone's getting character development in this movie. Like just give them some like, I don't know. I, I, again, how much of this was legitimate failure from a lack of talent and how much of it was just lack of experience. I don't, I don't know, but it is, it is painful. It is absolutely painful. And and the basketball sequences. Oh, go ahead are the basketball sequences are unbearably long i mean just unbearably long they just go on and on and on and on i, I think that first opening game was like 25 minutes long or something like
1: that the um this has dropped out of like the bottom hundred at all it's not even on there that list anymore and its place is uh, a movie called gun day from 2014 i don't Sounds know like
0: quality well it's, it's one
1: word so i don't even know if a gundy it's gunday is how you spell it but it's one i don't know and then um we didn't mention this before but <laughs> terminator two is the number 36 spot currently on the good list
0: oh okay okay so all right that's uh i i can approve of terminator two being on there i don't know that it should be higher than apocalypse now but i i mean so
1: you said you'd give this oh, one a God. three or a four
0: yeah i mean like A four would be pretty generous, but, like, I I could give this a solid – again, I keep coming back to this. If you had come to me and said, hey, check out my student film from when I was at film school and show me this movie, I would have been like, wow, that's really good. Like, But I'm not going to go to a theater and pay money to see this movie. I
1: would give this a three, but that's sticking to your scale, so – I what would the you give the minimum. Sc- you
0: weren't bound by
1: well, I, no, but I, bound by my scale. <laughs> uh, it's it's still pretty. I don't know, but a two, but I I, I think a three, keeping to it because they did complete a movie and it's it's professionally done.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, and I, yeah, okay, I can give you that. They, I think they did actually make their money back, by the way. Um, which you know that's there's something to be said for that. Like yeah. you know if you can complete your movie and make money doing it. And as we it, said Anthony Mackie okay. is the
1: Falcon so he's he's definitely gone on to greener pastures. I mean
0: yeah, sure. This this movie cost 5.8 million and opening weekend it made 3.7 and it ended up grossing over 7 million. So like well, there you go. I mean so they did, they did okay. They did okay. okay. Um Yeah, I mean nobody's making like seven sequels to it or anything like they did with fast and furious
1: but it's no we're up to we're, um, we're up to nine <laughs> and that's not counting I believe- nine's coming out this year and that's not even counting hobbs and shaw the spinoff so there's actually been oh, 10 of them Jesus. so bad and they have academy award-winning stop- actors helen Mirren is in eight and nine if people would
0: stop seeing
1: them they would stop entertaining enough they're entertaining, enough. They're,
0: entertaining. Uh, they're they're entertaining they are they are we can talk about Fast and the Furious another time. I'm sure it'll show up on our list somewhere. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so, I don't think so either. I think they're right in the middle of the road. They're yeah. not like great, and they're not terrible. They're just yeah. right there in the right there in the middle, like a Marvel movie. So, um, I guess then. So we'll both give this one a three. Yeah. Okay. We're going to give Apocalypse something quite a bit higher. Um, so, to touch on for next time. Okay. Um, to make things as super-duper confusing as possible. The good movie is Leon the Professional. Okay. And the bad movie is The Apocalypse. <laughs> Not Apocalypse Now, but The Apocalypse. These are
1: the 35th good and bad? Is that what they are? 35th worst and best? Those
0: are the 35th, yes, best and worst movies. I, I, I will say this, and I know I just said it a moment ago, it's hard for me to picture Leon being above some <laughs> of the ones we've already watched. We'll talk about that next time, but like I, anyway,
1: it's just And uh is the apocalypse what year is that from? Oh god, it was like 2000. I feel like that was a made for TV movie, so I'm, I I think I saw it. it. Okay. It I was. I, I think it I was. saw yeah, it when it I'm It's
0: weird. a very it's like a it's like a religious movie. Um yeah, I think I've, I've seen is, it. <laughs> yeah, it I'm i've started doing a little digging to see where i'm going to be able to find this movie to watch this movie Ah, so, yes um, yeah the old the old conundrum so if we can't find um, it what's
1: the um let's see where did we got what's the other one on the ooh. current worst what's thirty fifth? oh yeah currently? what's the
0: current 35th worst i don't know let's find out because it won't take me but a second yeah because there's that? very
1: good ch- some of the bad ones they're so obscure we can't find them
0: yeah that is that is a problem um just one moment. I'm so sorry. I was I was all ready with these other ones. You didn't I didn't
1: I know, I know. That's that's on that. me. You 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 were good because uh, you had all the synopsis and all that ready, so
0: I was all trying to be I was trying to be as you know, look like we know what we're talking about and know what we're doing and stuff and uh, da, 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 da. there we go. Here we go. All
1: right. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm looking, I'm looking. Well, I was while you're doing that, I was gonna say It's okay. I finally got my book in i've been waiting on this i ordered this last year it's the uh the autobiography oh. of george millier nice and it was a lost uh for years he wrote it not too long before he passed away and um he was french so he obviously it was in french and it just kind of got lost of time there's got a couple guys that did a kickstarter campaign on it and uh they translated it to english for the first time and started selling it so i just got it in the mail it took months to get here from the uk um but it's really cool. If And if you, if you haven't heard of him, you should check out his films. He's kind of the, um, I mean, one of the earliest directors and, and the first one to really create like sci-fi and maybe even horror as we know it. So what's up? Did you find it? <laughs> just,
0: yeah, I'm just laughing at the Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. It is. It is fantastic. And that would be interesting to see. Cause that he, he is kind of a, a forefather of, of filmmaking. Um, the thirty-fifth movie now, if you if we can't find The Apocalypse, which as I said before, is kind of a, a religious religious film about well, the apocalypse, the <laughs> current thirty-fifth is Left Behind starring Nicholas Cage.
1: Oh so no. Apparently,
0: apparently that's the remake, isn't it? Movies,
1: that's the remake of the Kurt Cameron one.
0: 2014, 2014 but yeah. They had Nick Cage. Weren't too. there
1: multiple ones of the Kurt Cameron one?
0: Oh yeah, like they went deep. Yeah, they went they went far there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: Oh no, they're so I can't. Yeah, um... Nicholas Cage. Are we gonna have like any Nicolas Cage movies that are? Man, I need to look at our list and see if at any point we have a Nick Cage movie and best and worst or if, simultaneously.
1: Uh, if for the Good Bad podcast, if you uh, ever want to propose a Nick Cage genre. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you pick is his good movie, but. With, <laughs> You have I mean, many you have more choices Las for Vegas, ugly.
0: right? Because he won an Oscar for it, right? Like, yeah, you have I have seen that. that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to pick that one. Okay. I, I um, don't know. I don't know. So, yes. I don't know. <laughs> so next week, or next week, next time, next month, next year, whenever it may be. It'll be probably um, two months. It looks like, yeah, it looks like Leon the Professional and either the Apocalypse or Left Behind. But one way or the other no one's making it out alive <laughs> <laughs> so true so true awesome. I, it's too bad that the apocalypse and apocalypse now didn't coincide either, yeah no kidding there's so many things that could have been oh gosh um yeah yeah no it's uh it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good
1: one i can feel it
0: because <laughs> natalie portman's like 12 so okay, um, <laughs> that's
1: why it's gonna be a good one. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, all right. I don't know oh, what that means. Okay, okay. She's like,
0: It's like she's kind of got a. I'm sorry, I'm going off on that movie. Even, we're not even talking about it, but it always reminded me in a weird way of Taxi, Taxi Driver,
1: rather. Wow. Um, well, yeah. Taxi was it? Was it Danny taxi, DeVito? No, not that taxi. You're
0: taxi. Nelly Portman. Now, now lady, we're just dating ourselves. Driver
1: Taxi driver with Jody Foster. I know what you meant. And, I, just, yeah, okay. I just my first thought was Danny DeVito. <laughs> or Tony Danza, I don't know. Of course know. it
0: was. Of course it was. Natalie Portman, Tony Danza. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we need to wrap this up because Go we're gonna slap at these. So um <laughs> as always, here at Fifty Fifty, Good Bad Podcast, you can watch us live on Facebook or listen to the replay on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube by searching 5050 and imdb and of course you can find all our podcasts at itsjustawesome.com but whatever your preferred method just be sure to like and subscribe and all those good things so yes charles it's always a pleasure it's indeed always sir, fun. indeed this was fun i feel terrible, like we, i feel like we
1: movies. our conversations over the years have gotten much more in depth like uh, you know we're agreeing more and more but we're also really talking in depth about uh, like apocalypse now It's us I think it's a good discussion, and I think people should watch it. It's it's an interesting thing. So,
0: it's easier to go deeper on Apocalypse Now than it is in Beastmaster or whatever well, in yeah. the beginning. So, yeah. <laughs> or, the, or the what was the, Puma Man uh, or Puma Man?
1: Yeah, Puma Man's great, and it was it wasn't Santa Claus? Was it? I don't know. Anyway
0: or or a tour, the whatever yeah, there's yeah. so many delightful yes. movies um yeah no it's it is i agree with you i think it's fun to kind of go deep on some of these so
1: it is it is and that's so, all right in that, in that sense our podcast has definitely evolved <laughs> yes <laughs> for better or worse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> long-time <laughs> listeners won't know what hit them
0: yes exactly all right well guys it's been wonderful and charles has been great and uh we'll see everybody next time
1: all right have a good one everybody